listeners, I bring you greetings. Is it because you need greetings? No. Not at all. It's because you think you need greetings, and I bring you both what you need and also what you think you need, because I spoil you, because I'm Daniel Lampley, the world's most prolific artist, and this is One Man's World with Daniel Lampley, the world's most prolific artist. So you ask, what's next? You don't know. I'm the one who knows what's next, not you, certainly not you, me! So, now that that's settled, today's episode of One Man's World is brought to you by DiGiorno Frozen Pizzas. DiGiorno, your idiot husband thinks it's delivery. Now, as usual, I've got two guests, Yesman and his inferior counterpart, Scott. Yesman, who's the better guest, you or Scott? Say yes if it's you. Yes, I am yes. What's going on? Why is this uh, week's intro an almost verbatim repeat of the intro from last time? It's not, Scott. You're paranoid. You're losing your mind. You need to get out more before you completely lose touch with reality. You spend all of your time in front of that computer, immersing yourself in conspiracy theory message boards, spurred on by a desperate need to believe that some sort of vast shadowy network of powerful evil is responsible for the sorry state of your life, and now look what it's done to you. You can't even come on One Man's World without seeing Boogeyman lurking in every corner. Well... Whatever. Everyone, just go stream the last episode on the radio station website and compare it to this week's, and you'll see that I'm right. The intros are almost identical, except for the sponsor. Scott! What was the one thing I told you was off-limits for discussion on this show? Boring stuff. Exactly. And your incessant raving about alleged similarities between this intro and the intro from last time is incredibly boring. You've bored Yesman right to sleep, hasn't he, Yesman? Uh, yes. Wow. Even in his sleep, that's impressive. I wish I could do this show in my sleep. I wouldn't do that to my listeners, Scott. Are you implying that on some level I contribute something to this show that your listeners may want to hear because if so that's the that may be the nicest thing you've ever said to me no scott i'm saying that if you were to do this show in your sleep my listeners would be forever haunted by your unearthly cries of horror and remorse as your nightmares sank their black talons into your troubled soul okay i got it yep that's probably not the nicest thing you've ever said to me but i will say maybe like tied for third the third nicest thing you've ever said to me? What about the time I complimented the looks of your ex-wife's new boyfriend? That wasn't nice. Think of it this way, Scott. By complimenting his looks, I also by extension complimented her taste. And since you were once married to her and still pine for her every second of the day, by extension I may also have complimented your taste, albeit inadvertently, because if I was really thinking about it, I would have nothing but bad things to say about your taste. Daniel, please, you're too kind. You're embarrassing me. I'm blushing. Please, let's just talk about your art before your listeners think you've gone soft and switch over to a show that isn't so mushy. You've called in with a chip on your shoulder this week, Scott. I don't like that. Maybe you'd have more fun on this show if you weren't so combative all the time. Maybe you'd learn something. Yesman has fun and learns something new every week, don't you, Yesman? Uh, yes, Daniel, that's true. Is that what you want, Daniel? Just you and two yes-men? Oh, don't I wish. That would be heavenly. We'd have such an uplifting show. You know, Scott, sometimes I hesitate to have you on at all. I struggle with whether or not it's healthy to expose my listeners, yes-men, even myself, to your constant negativity. I'm afraid of how it might corrupt us over time, no matter how vigilant we are in fighting against it. 
I've seen what happens to those who let you get close to them. The way you use your unassuming everyman image to get people to lower their defenses and let you in so you can drag them down to your level, it's terrifying. Well, this has been quite a wake-up call for me, Daniel. Quite a wake-up call. You give me a whole lot to think about. I've got a whole lot of soul-searching to do, it seems. I'll go and do that right now. I guess so. We're done for this week? I'll talk to you next week. Nice try, Scott, you hideous trickster imp. Yes, man, have you noticed how in films, trickster imps are often hideous and that the same holds true in real life? I, I, actually, now that you mention it, Daniel, yes, yes, I have noticed that. Scott, you're not going anywhere if you want to get paid this week because we have yet to discuss my newest art project, which I predict you will despise because you've never once not despised my work, no matter how ingenious, widely acclaimed, and lucrative it's proven to be. Correct. Well, thank goodness no one pays even the slightest attention to your opinions on anything, Scott. Otherwise, those who did foolishly choose to pay attention to your opinions would miss out on the generous rewards in store for them in my new unfinished novel, Gazebo Hades. Okay. That's right, Scott. So ask me about it. Ask me anything. So it's not done yet, you say? What do you mean? You said it's not finished. Why do I feel like I'm always walking into a trap? Oh, I don't know, Scott. Could it be your raging paranoia rearing its ugly head yet again? That would be my guess. You need to get out more. Not everyone is out to get you, Scott. But you definitely are. Scott, there's a difference between being out to get you and just happening to get you in passing because you're so easy to get and, frankly, you deserve to be gotten. Okay, so what am I missing with this new book? You always do this. You dangle some bait, and then I have to take it just to force the conversation to progress so we can get to the end, and then I can leave. I have no choice. If I didn't take the bait, we'd be here all night. So just spring your trap, okay? You've told me you have a book with a nonsensical title, and you're not finished with it yet. Now tell me how your own words, which I've just repeated back to you, will somehow make me the idiot. You're so paranoid, Scott. Isn't Scott paranoid, Yesman? Yes. Scott, look behind you. There are federal agents spying on you through your window. <laughs> Listeners, I know you can't see Scott, but he just spun around in a panic to see if there were really federal agents watching him through his window. No, I did not. Yesman, did Scott spin around in a panic because he believed me when I said there were federal agents spying on him through his window? And is that proof positive that he is firmly in the grip of full-fledged paranoia? Uh, uh, yes, to all of that, yes. I don't, I don't understand, Daniel. Is this funny to you? Is this just a big prank, having me on the show? Do you think this is, this is good radio? This is what people want to hear? Are you actually so insecure that you pick on me in order to make yourself feel better about yourself? How dare you, Scott? How dare you? What? I very clearly told you on two separate occasions that you were forbidden to be boring on this show, and I've been incredibly generous with you to this point since virtually everything you say is boring, but now you're just rubbing my face in it. This is what I get for cutting you some slack. Unbelievable. If you're going to insist on being this boring, I may have to take steps to start censoring you, Scott. Can you believe this, Yesman? Uh, yes, Daniel. Sadly, I, I can. So the book isn't finished. Gazebo Hades is unfinished. But it will be soon, uh, because you spent the majority of last week's episode boasting about how 
good you are at finishing things and how easy it was for you. Very easy. It's very easy for me to finish things. I finish everything. But this novel, Gazebo Hades, will be published as is, Scott. Unfinished. Great. Okay. Why? It's an unfinished novel, Scott. It wouldn't make any sense for it to be finished if it's an unfinished novel. Ah, okay. There it is. I can see the trap right there in front of me, right in the middle of the path. Sort of half-heartedly covered up with a few leaves. But the only way out of this for me, as usual, is to step right into the trap, you know. So this is what I'm going to do. I want to make sure that you and your listeners understand that I know what I'm doing here. Okay, so here I go. You can't claim that you finish everything if you aren't going to finish this novel. Scott, wake up! Gazebo Hades is not unfinished because I failed to finish it. I did finish everything there was for me to finish on this unfinished novel. In fact, if I had finished this unfinished novel, then I would not have finished it because I would still need to go back and unfinish it so that it could be an unfinished novel. But, as it is now, it is fully and completely unfinished, and therefore, I'm finished. This is worse than I expected. I didn't... <laughs> This is a terrible direction. Uh, I mean, I knew that it was going to be painful, but this is worse than I was expecting. Scott, you act like I'm the first person to write an unfinished novel. My novel may be the best published unfinished novel, but it certainly isn't the first. I don't hear you moaning about all those other unfinished novels. In fact, you probably line up with the rest of your kind to sing the praises of those unfinished novels at the top of your lungs in a trembling, ecstatic falsetto. No one wants to hear that, Scott. Okay, but uh, Kafka, F. Scott Fitzgerald, David Foster Wallace, their unfinished novels are unfinished because they died before they could finish them. They were published posthumously. And in some of those examples, they specifically said they didn't want their unfinished novels published. You're still alive. You could finish the novel, but you've chosen instead to try to sell something even more half-baked than usual. You're exactly right, Scott. I could change Gazebo Hades from an unfinished novel to a finished novel, but that would be a betrayal of my vision for this project. And if there's one thing I never, ever do, it's betray a vision. None of the writers you mentioned would have had the guts to publish their unfinished novels while they were still alive. In fact, most of them probably had no idea they were even writing unfinished novels. Their unfinished novels are accidents. They are compromises. They are feeble attempts to say goodbye with one final publishing event. This is how I've separated myself from that motley bunch, Scott. This is how I further widened the gap between myself and those gentlemen. I've restored agency to the unfinished novel. I've made the unfinished novel a choice, not a consolation prize. This isn't simply some cash-hungry family member trying to wring a few more bucks out of the putrid scraps left behind by a famous deceased author. I'm bringing an entirely new approach to the unfinished novel, Scott. I won't be looking down from my balcony in heaven and growing increasingly irate as ignoramuses meddle with gazebo Hades, editing, formatting, and worst of all, speculating about an ending for it. No! I have total control over my unfinished novel, Scott, from the handwritten annotations in the margins, to the hastily organized outline of the last third of the story, to the rampant typographical errors. I am responsible for every detail of its unfinishedness. Readers of Gazebo Hades can read it with full confidence that they are reading it in the exact state that I intended it to be read. Which of those hacks you listed could say that, Scott? The way you churn out 
books, Daniel. I can't even imagine how many more you'll be churning out now that you you don't even feel like you have to finish them. I do finish them, Scott. How do you finish writing an unfinished novel, Scott? You leave it unfinished. I feel like I've explained this a trillion times. Yesman understood immediately. But yes, I'll be writing tons of these. There's almost no limit to what one can count as an unfinished novel, right, Yesman? Uh, right, Daniel, as I understand it, uh, yes. You're trolling me, Daniel. That's what you're doing. I know you are. There has to be a reason that you're bringing this idea to me on the very next episode after you went on and on about how you're better than every other artist because you always finish things. And then this week, the project is all about your unfinished work, and the intro was almost identical to the last episode, like you were forcing people to consider the last episode in relation to this episode. I mean, that can't be a coincidence, Daniel. There has to be a connection. What's going on? Scott, you need to listen to yourself. You're starting to scare me, Scott. You're insane. You really need to look in the mirror and ask yourself some honest questions, such as, am I a paranoid schizophrenic? And are my legs actually broken? Or have I just convinced myself that they're broken because I don't want to go out and face the world? And how come everyone except me loves the work of Daniel Lampley, the world's most prolific artist? Is it because there's something horribly wrong with my mind, spirit, and soul? Yes, man, do you think Scott, in all probability, has lost, or is at the very least, in the process of losing his mind, but in the most offensively boring way possible? Uh, oh, yeah, un undoubtedly, Daniel. I mean, he's so paranoid and boring. You know what, Daniel? I'm sure your unfinished novels will sell. Uh, your fans will buy them and convince themselves that they like them, and your cronies will rave about them. Certain critics will write glowing reviews for them, but I think it bothers you to know that I'm out here. I think it bothers you to know that I know you're a fraud. It bothers you to think that we've argued about your art dozens of times, both on and off the air, and you haven't been able to convince me. Not yet. Not, not, not once. You've tried everything. Your circular logic, getting other people to back you up, bullying me, berating me, doing everything in your power to make me doubt myself, but none of it has worked. None of it. If anything, I'm more committed to the idea that you're a fraud now than ever before, and I think that bothers you. Scott, you're convinced that you're the only one who knows the truth about me? You think the rest of the world is blind because they haven't received the enlightenment that you've received? You think I fear your ability to perceive the truth so I persecute you? You couldn't sound more delusional right now, Scott. You're a textbook case. If only you had some taste, I'd sit you down in front of one of my paintings, pry your eyes open, and keep you there until you were healed. But alas, no taste. I'm at a loss. What should I do, Yesman? Um, yes? You're right. You're right. Of course you're right, Yesman. Still, it's sad. I mean... I don't even like Scott, but it's sad. Are we done here? Well, do you have any more questions about Gazebo Hades? No, I think I pretty much get it. I mean, the writing's on the wall, I think. Uh, unfinished films, unfinished paintings and sculptures, unfinished songs and albums that fits your MO perfectly. Always more, more, yet somehow always less. That 
is it. I'm cutting you off, you boring, boring swine. I've given you so many chances, Scott. So many, but you never learn. You can't help yourself. You just have to be boring, and you don't care who it hurts. I'm hanging up on you now, and we will talk later about whether or not you will ever be invited back to this show again. And I'm telling you now, I'm leaning towards never inviting you back because you are out of control. Yes, man, how do I hang up on him? Yes. It's, uh, it's the little red phone button on the screen there. Not not another boring word, Scott! Not another boring word! This has been One Man's World with Daniel Lampley, the world's most prolific artist. I would like to apologize to all of our listeners who may have been offended by Scott's boringness today, and I would like to further assure you that steps will be taken to ensure that you will never have to endure such boringness again on this show. If we do decide to bring him back... Perhaps we'll put some kind of system in place where his pay is docked every time he says something boring. Do you think that would work, Yesman? Uh, yeah, that, that might work. Well, we'll see. Today's episode of One Man's World was brought to you by DiGiorno Frozen Pizza. DiGiorno, your idiot husband thinks it's delivery. We'll be back with more of me, Daniel Lampley, the world's most prolific artist, after this word from our sponsors. 